Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, good morning again, everybody. Welcome those of you connecting with us on our online campus. We're glad that you're with us again today. We hope you don't mind. We missed you last week, but um, we have one of the greatest technical crews around here. And we want to honor all of our camera people, all of our sound technicians, our directors in the booth. Would you give it up for our crew that makes it possible to be on live stream? It's amazing what they do. And we give them just one Sunday off a year like last week. So I think it's important for them. Anyway, we're glad that you're here today. It is really going to be a great day. We're birthing a brand new theme. It's called Get It In Gear. Now, the, the, the it means beep, beep. Okay, we'll talk about that in a few moments, but the it means you got to get your bottom in gear. Okay, how about that? You got to get your body moving forward because what happens is, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, Christmas time, it's a time where, you know, you eat a little, I eat a little bit extra. I don't know about you. Okay, I eat a little bit extra. I, 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 I love food, uh, but I especially love holiday food. In fact, I heard one pastor say, I'm so good at food, I think it's one of my spiritual gifts. <laughs> so for me, you know, in fact, there's a scripture, uh, Paul the Apostle said, I buffet my body. <laughs> you can say buffet if you want to, but it's, it's, the same, it's spelled the same way, and it says buffet. So anyway, to me, and so what you got to do is kind of get through that and kind of get it, kind of reel it back in, Right? Kind of, kind of pull on the reins a little bit. Say, okay, this is it. Now, the problem is with New Year's resolutions is we don't keep them. So I'm not asking you to make New Year's resolutions today. I'm asking you to be open. See, a New Year's resolution is all in your power. Anything that you want to do that God will empower you through his word and spirit to do is his power. It's his anointing. It's his strength in you. And that's not you doing on. But that's why Paul the Apostle said, I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing that strengthens me. I can do all things through God's power. Through my power, I can't do much. I, I uh, heard one, one guy uh, talking about the fact that he used to work at a gym. And he says the wildest thing, the last week before they would leave, and they said, okay, we're getting ready for new members, getting ready for this onslaught of these resolution people. Get all the equipment and bring it out for January the 1st. And he said every year his bosses would have them just, they, they would put out everything. And they'd have more memberships, more people come in. He said the funny thing was they started putting away that equipment by January the 7th. Because the, the wave had hit, the, it had crashed into the shore, and people had already forgotten their resolution. So I'm not asking you for a resolution this year. I'm asking you for a revolution, okay, how about that? That something begins to change on the inside of you that connects with the power and the purpose and the promise of God, okay? Get it in gear. Everybody say, get it in gear. Get it in gear. I want to read from 2 Kings chapter 4 from the message and weave in a little bit of Ecclesiastes. 2 Kings 4 verse 1. One day the wife of a man from the guild of prophets called out to Elisha and said, your servant, my husband, is dead. 
You well know what a good man he was, devoted to God, and now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two children as slaves. Remember we talked about Jubilee? Jubilee, this is the opposite. This is the, this is, they're coming to take the children as, in, as indentured servants. Number, verse two, Elisha said, I wonder how I can be of help. Well, I wanna help you, but his next statement is interesting because he doesn't give her something in her hand. He says, tell me what do you have in your house? Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. Well, here's what to do, said Elisha. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors and not just a few, all you can get. Then come home and lock the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil in each container. When each is full, set it aside. She did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. How many know sometimes you gotta lock the door not because just people are gonna come and try to come in and steal. Sometimes you gotta lock the door because people go come in and say, ha, 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 what are you doing? That's not gonna do anything, you big dummy. What are you doing? So she locked the door behind her just as he instructed. As they brought the containers to her, she filled them. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, another jug, please. He said, that's it, mama, there's no more jugs. Then the oil stopped. Then the oil stopped. They, once they ran out of containers, they ran out of oil. She went and told the story to the man of God. And he said this, go sell the oil and make good on your debts. Then live, both you and your sons, on what's left. God doesn't just care about getting you out of debt. He cares about you living your life. Amen? Please ask these seven, eight from the message says this. Endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. Love that. Finally, Ecclesiastes 9.11. I returned, Solomon said, and I saw under the sun that the race is not always to the fastest or the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Time and opportunity. One, one translation says, but time and unpredictable events happen to all. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and give us understanding that we can really apply your word into our lives, change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Twice in the past year, I've got to go with my family to the Daytona International Speedway. Now, I've lived here all my life, and I, I kind of watch races on TV sometimes, but I've never been to a race. Pastor Lindsay has. He's been to Daytona one time for a big race with somebody in here that's a, that's a race fan. But I got to go and take people on the tour, be with my family, and it was really cool. I mean, to grow up here, uh, like I said, all my life and, and see, you know, drive past there in Daytona, right there on the Speedway Boulevard. And, and, you know, going in there, you get the tour, you get to see uh, last year's winning car, <clears throat> just as they rolled it right from Victory Lane into the museum there. And, and you get to see, and then they take you on this, um, this uh, tram, this little bus tour, and they take you right on the track. And you drive on that track, and then they stop right by the start-finish line. And man, it is so cool to think about all the history 
at that start-finish line. All the things that have happened in that place. And I started thinking about this. You know, everything has a starting line. Somebody, uh, when, you know, when they, when they do these races, they, they, they fight and they, they do these um, time trials. And whoever gets the fastest time trial gets what they call the pole position. The pole position. It's the coveted spot. It's slot one. It's front left. It is right there, best position to start. But it's interesting. Only nine times in the history of the Daytona 500 has the pole sitter actually won the event. That means in many, many times, it's, it's been going since 1959, and it's uh, 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 not only nine times, and it's never happened once since the year 2000. It's so unusual, and I think sometimes we, as in our human nature, we look at things, we go, well, if I had a better spot, to start, I, do, I, I, I could win this race. But I want you to know that's not the way God thinks. That's not the way God sees it. It doesn't even work for those in NASCAR. Why? Because the pole position, it can't be that much of an advantage if you're there. Listen, I looked on the history on Wikipedia and you see a lot of people won the Daytona 500 from 32nd position, from 12th, from 24th. A lot of people won from different positions, but most of them, most of the time, they didn't win just because they had the best starting spot. I just felt like God wanted to take away all of our excuses from this time and looking at last, the last 10-year period is over. We're in a brand new season, a brand new month, a brand new year, a brand new decade. And the problem is sometimes right up here, we have all this stuff that gets inside of us and keeps us from actually starting because we already defeat ourselves by saying, well, I got the wrong position. I didn't make it to the right spot. I, didn't, I don't have the advantages that everybody else has. I don't have any this, that, the other. And I'm telling you, we got to get rid of all these excuses. No matter where you are at the start of the race, you have the same opportunity for victory right now. No matter where you start, no matter what your position, you have the same opportunity as anybody else in this room to see breakthrough, Amen. to see victory, to experience the presence and the power of God working out things in your life. Amen. Paul the Apostle went through some really hard times. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he said this. He, he starts to listen to all these things. He said, I've been through this, that, and the other. But he says, verse 24, but none of these things move me nor do I count my life as dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received in the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He said, look, he said, I've been through some stuff, but I'm not letting this stop me from finishing my race. I got a race to run. I got a reason to be here. I just got to keep throwing aside those things that are happening to me and stop letting them be the excuses that keep me from even starting or even continuing or even moving forward in my life. I can't, I can't let what somebody did to me in the last decade affect me with what's happening this decade. I can't let all that baggage weigh me down. Near the end of his life, he also referred to the race in 2 Timothy 4, 7 where Paul wrote, I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race and I've kept the faith. He said, I kept growing until I finished. I kept moving. I kept going and growing and doing what God called me to do until I finished my race. Folks, here we are in 2020. It's a brand new starting line. For some, it's starting fresh. For others, it's starting over. And that's okay. Because whatever happened with your divorce in the last decade, that doesn't mean that that's where you are or who you are in this decade. Just because of your health problem you went through last time doesn't mean you're stuck and labeled in that for this time. Why? Because the Bible says if any man is in Christ Jesus, any man or woman is in Christ, you're a brand new person. You're a brand new creation. All the old things have passed away and all the things that God has given you have become new. We've all been through some broken stuff. We've all been through some disappointments, some heavy ones, some light ones, from whatever. We've all had uh, family issues or this or that or the other thing. But here we are. You've got a brand new start Quit making excuses for yourself to fail and once you step on the gas pedal and just get it in gear and start out. Just get ready for God to do something because he can, he wants to, and he will. Paul Scanlon said this. I love Paul Scanlon. He said, your future is your unlived life. It hasn't yet been given any frame script, or pattern. Now put, put this on the screen, if you will. He said this, unless you design your year, you will have a default year. And default, by definition, is repeats and reruns. Did we get that on the screen? I, don't, I guess we didn't. It should be in there. <clears throat> unless you design your year, you will have a default year. You hear me? Unless you design, unless you plan, unless you believe, unless you step out, you're going to be in another default year. And default year is repeats and reruns. Now, how many of you say, I do not want a rerun of the last decade? Amen? I don't want to repeat history. I don't want to have that issue, that problem, that addiction, that thing that has pulled me down over and over again. I don't want that, but I want to be able to do something about it. And I want to tell you, you're not helpless because when God is on your side and he is, you have an opportunity for victory. But what, what Paul Scanlon said, he said, we have to disengage our autopilot settings. We have to disengage and start driving again. Get out of neutral, get out of reverse. Now, as I talk about this, get it in gear, I have to say this, um, I'm a strong believer. I love Jesus. I consider myself a pretty strong Christian, except in traffic. I'm saved in traffic, but you need to pray for me when I'm in traffic because I'm hanging by a thread. Sometimes in driving through the villages, when the people that should be in the right lane are in the left lane and don't know, I feel like I should be the one to teach them. <laughs> Sometimes I embarrass my wife. She gets a little upset with me and says, you know, these may be people from our church. And I say, well, if they are, I need to be telling them something right now. <laughs> and so we love you. 
But understand, and I, and I, I, try, I don't get ugly, I just talk. I talk to you if you're driving in the left lane and you're driving slow. And I try to remind you, I don't say ugly things, I don't curse you, I don't cuss at you, I don't show you any fingers out the window. I just talk to you as if you were my own. But I think the most frustrating thing at certain lights around Ocala is to get in the left turn lane and you start doing the math. You start calculating, okay, I'm, I'm car number six. Now, if everybody is paying attention when this thing turns green, I'm going to make this light. And I'm going to get where I need to go. Usually, going from here and turning on 17th Street. Trying to get in that lane. They keep making that lane longer. Eventually, it's going to be back to here, back to Ocala, you know, back to Now Church five miles earlier. But right now, they, they, they make that thing earlier and earlier. But, but it's, 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 it's a lane there and people doing stuff. And I'm telling you, if you get to six slot, maybe, maybe position eight in that line, is if everybody, listen to me, if everybody is paying attention. Who's got your phone? Let me have your phone. Your phone. Who's got your phone handy? There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. I need a new phone. Thank you so much. No. No. Invariably, I get behind the one that's postured like this. And when that light turns, I try to give them time. But how much time do you need before you need a reminder? Now, I'll be honest with you. Thank you, Sid. What, 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 what I want to do is I want to lean on that horn. I want to I want just... Uh, that, that jerk. That, 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 uh, that it, it, it says something. It's, I call it the horn of rebuke. I want to give the horn of rebuke. But what, but what I do is I try the polite way it's just to tap the horn. Now, you can say beep, beep. I, I like the old Roadrunner version. Meep, meep. I like that. And what I want to say to you is, I want to take this month as your pastor. And I want, to know, I want you to know I'm behind you all the way. And if you and I are going to get through this light, if you're not paying attention, I'm here to give you a meep, meep. Now it's friendly. I'm not, now in my heart, it may be the horn of, it may be the horn of rebuke. But for me, I'm just gonna say, just, just come every week this month. How about that? How about come every Sunday this month? Because all of us need to be reminded to pay attention with little meep, meep. Okay? So don't get mad at me this month. I'm trying to get you to put your life into gear. Yes. To become the best version of yourself. To become all that God has made you to be. 
As a pastor, your spiritual journey is one of my biggest passions. I care about you. I get consumed with seeing you move into the life you were born to have. And it's time to move forward. The light is green. Whether you're in the room or you're watching with us in our online campus, the light is green. Everybody say the light is green. The light is green. When the light is green, what do you do? Sometimes when I'm looking and they don't go, I'm saying it doesn't get any greener than it is right now. But you got to stop trying to read what somebody texted you. I mean, right now, now you can, you can hold your phone at the light. You, can, you know, you can't even hold your phone up anymore except at the light. You can't even hold, especially in school zones. The law changed January 1st, it changed again. They made it even more severe from what they did last year. And I'm thankful because I hate, I, I mean, I've driven that turnpike up and down from Miami at times. And I mean, see people texting at 85 miles an hour? Is, you, you gotta be crazy. And you can always tell the texters, because at whatever speed, they, they, they try to even try to slow down, but they always kinda, they're always kinda, just kind of leaning to one side of the road or the other side of the road. It's time to not be distracted, Christ followers. Not be so buried in our, what somebody just sent me, that's probably an ad or probably some dumb thing. Well, even if it's super important, it's not worth your life. And it's not worth making us all late because you had to hear what somebody said to you because you had an extra 10 seconds that turned out to be 40 seconds that cost us five minutes. It's time to overcome the stagnation of your life. Can you say Amen. It's time to overcome stagnation. Sitting there at times disengaged when you need to be engaged. The widow woman of 2 Kings chapter 4 was completely stuck at the intersection of her life. She found herself not at the corner of happy and healthy. She found herself, three people know the Walgreens commercial. Okay, anyway. So she found herself at the corner of widowhood and children being taken to slavery. That was where she was. This was, she came to an intersection and she lost the man she loved for a woman thousands of years ago. She was totally dependent on her husband or her father or her brother or her sons. And so her past, they were already, we know they were in debt now her present circumstances, her husband is dead, and so she's grieving, she's hurting, she's broken. We've had a lot of people this past year, 2019, we've had more people in our church lose their spouse than we've ever had before. It's crazy. And we grieve with you, we stand with you. But I want you to know this, that God promises in his word to be the husband to the husbandless, the father to the fatherless because he loves you and he cares for you and he's gonna take care of you. 
And no matter what position you find yourself in, you can't get any worse than this widow woman. She's in a, she's stuck. Her life is at this intersection and she's not, she's not paying attention to anything. She's, you know how sometimes you're just kind of not paying attention when you're driving and you don't even, you get someplace and you realize, gosh, I don't actually remember driving, passing stuff. But here I am. She's driving, she's moving through her life and she's in pain emotionally. She's got no income. She's loaded with debt. And now because her sons are being taken away from her, she's got no future hope. She got no present help and now her future is being mortgaged. Her future is being taken away and she's hopeless. So she did the right thing. You know what she did? She went to church. She went to the man of God and she said, listen, my, 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 my husband was one of your staff members. He was on staff with you and I'm in this situation. Surprisingly, his answer was not to tell her to go on the dole. Okay, we'll take care of you. His answer was, meet me. You need to get moving. You say, well, that's heartless. She's grieving. Can I tell you that if he starts handing out right then, he may be handing out to her forever. He's trying to help her to not be stagnant. He's trying to help her to move forward for herself and find the sustenance of God. How many know our God is a fountain? Everything, he's the source. Everything flows from him. So his answer was not to give her the hand out, although he might have helped her that day, it doesn't say, but instead she got a beep beep from heaven. When Elisha says simply this, what do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? I mean, this must have caught her off guard. She's saying, I got no future, I got no present, I got no, I got no hope, husband's gone, finance is gone, in debt, taking my son's, I don't know how I'm going to live. And she sa he says to her, well, tell me, what do you want me to do for you? Wait a second. What do you already have in your house? What do you have? And he takes her and in, in, in like a chiropractic adjustment of her heart, he says to her, stop looking at what you don't have and tell me something that you're grateful for. Tell me something that you have in your possession right now. And her first response, she's so destitute, she says, I got nothing. Look, you look in the message Bible, she said, I have nothing. And as if a lightning bolt from heaven comes, she says, wait a minute. Well, I do have a little bit of oil. A little bit of oil. And what did a man of God say? Let's start with that. That's great. You do have something after all. Folks, sometimes in this life, to get a new start, you gotta stop focusing on what you've loved and what you've lost. And you gotta focus on what you still have. One of the highlights for me of 2019 was um, on Netflix, they had this big thing called Marie Kondo. The lady that was cleaning stuff, you know, lady helping people clean out their garages and stuff. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It was, it was hilarious in some things. A Japanese woman who's calling in life is to get people to clear the clutter of their house. And she was hilarious. 
She's all about, you know, uh, if you're going to, no, 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 when you, when, when you, you know, you got to look at your clothes, each one, you take, pick up each shirt, each pair of pants, and you say, does this spark my joy? Well, it's a shirt. I mean, it should hopefully cover you. But it doesn't necessarily spark your joy. She says, if it doesn't spark your joy, then you think it. Well, you know, that's, I'm not, I'm not, you know, she got a whole different philosophy of life. But I'm saying it was a really interesting phenomenon because all over America, people started cleaning out. I mean, Goodwill Industries had to start saying, don't bring us any more stuff. All these thrift shops all over the country were packed out, loaded down with new stuff. Why? Because of the phenomenon of everybody watching Marie Kondo get them to clean out their life and get some order to it. Anybody watch it? Anybody, anybody here know what I'm talking about? Just a handful of you. Man, y'all need to, does anybody have Netflix? Okay. It's, it's, if you got Netflix, you can watch it for free. Anyway. Anyway, it's a really interesting thing because it's all about, and so my wife and I, we went through some stuff and we just started cleaning out some stuff. And we started realizing, man, do you, do you know how much, so in a few weeks we'll be married 40 years. Do you know how much junk you can accumulate in 40 years? And we've purged and cleaned and moved a few times, but we've been in our house that we built now 18 years ago. We've been in that same house 18 years. When we moved in, I remember saying to my wife, oh, finally, we got a place with so much storage. We don't even have enough stuff to fill this place. And now, 18 years later, I say, can we get rid of this? What about that? I got to deal with this closet. I got to deal with that closet. Because that's winter clothes that now went over in the summer, and I didn't wear that in five years. And what about this? And, and nobody wants to wear hammer pants again. And, and you know, all that. You know, you look at it, and you go, if you're not going to wear it, not that I ever wore it the first time. It's... Sorry, you know what I'm going to say. You can't touch this. Anyway, so, anyway, but the reality is we got all this stuff and somebody, somebody told me the rule now is if you wore it once when it was in style, you can't wear it again when it comes back in style because that means you're old, okay? So if you, wore, if you wore bell bottoms once in the 70s like I did, you can't wear bell bottoms again. That's the rule. I didn't, I didn't make up the rule. I'm just saying that's what they say, the mysterious they. I don't know who it is. But if you wore, if you, had, if, you, if you did the punk rock do once when you were 19, don't do it at 59, okay? Don't do it then, okay? That's just, that's just the way we think, all right? Are you awake today or what? I feel like I got more energy than you do. I haven't even had any coffee yet. Understand, you've got to take inventory. Take inventory. What do you have in the house? What do you have you can sow or sell? or bless, what do you have? Don't tell me in the beginning of 2020, you're starting this year and you say, well, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to give. Really? You're gonna tell me in the United States of America in 2020, you don't have anything, any resources. And I'm gonna tell you, that's not true. You got something. You've got treasure, you've got time, you've got talent, and you've got stuff. What are you doing with them? The man of God said, tell me what you have in the house. She said, I got nothing. Oh, 
wait a minute. I got one thing of value. It's a little jar of oil. But I don't know what that's going to do. You know, if you can get something into God's hands, something, the Bible says, cast your bread on the water that may return to you after many days. You know, if, it, if, it's not, if it's not sparking your joy, you know it might spark somebody else's joy if you sow it, if you release it. You know, what, what they say, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Can I tell you, there's a whole lot of needs in our own community. When I say, when I say that, you, that you have something, I'm not saying that there aren't needs here. I'm just saying even the poorest among us has something to thank God for and something to say, if I release this and give this to God and sow this to somebody or help somebody out that has less than I do, let's see what God can do. This woman said, what? he said, what do you have now? She said, I got nothing, but I got this oil. Identify your seed. Take inventory. Start giving or selling what you aren't going to use or enjoy. If you haven't used it, listen, part of our, our thing was when my wife and I went through is if you hadn't worn this for two years, it's gone. I don't care how great it is. I don't care if I'm saving it for when I'm that size again. Maybe that's just me. That's just me. That's not for anybody else here. But I'm telling you, for me, I, I, got, I, I got some, in the, the, I got the bigger clothes and I got the smaller clothes. And, and, and I just hang on to, no, I, you know what? God will take care of me when I'm that size again to get something new. But, but it, might be, it might be so good that somebody else could actually benefit from it. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We gotta think different. That's what we're talking about. Identify your seed. Sow it, plant it. What can you present to God to become the catalyst for the year? The catalyst for a new decade. When God wanted a family, he started with a man and woman and he gave them seed. He said, you plant this. Second, start where you are. Every race has a starting line. He says to the woman, go borrow vessels. You got, you got something, now go get something. Now you got something, now you go get, go get some kind of um, delivery situation. Get something that you can get that oil and see what God will do with it and you can sell it. Go borrow vessels, get jugs, bowls, containers. I would say this way, what can you do to pour into people this year? Because that's what he said, pour out what you have. Pour out what you have and see what God does. It, what do you have this year that you can start pouring into other people in a good way? Positive things, good things. What do you have that God has resourced you with that you can utilize to help somebody else? Shift to first gear first. Elisha turned the, woman's, the widow woman's focus from her pain to a mission. Hear me? God said, God gave, this, gave Elisha this inspiration. He said to her, he said, he says, here's what you say to her. What do you have in the house? And all of a sudden he says, now go borrow vessels. Do you know what? She didn't have time to worry about her sons, to just keep grieving over her husband. When the man of God changed her focus, he says, go ahead, go ahead. Go borrow vessels. Get your eyes off of your pain and get them on your mission. God always starts with your thinking. You know, in our, in our um, 
in our huddle this morning with our now crew. Pastor Chris was having Ruth Ann sing Old Lang Zion. You know, you, you know that, anybody know Guy Lombardo, the song they sing on New Year's Eve every year? Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? It's an old Scottish song from a poem by Robert Burns from the 1700s. And it means this. Why should old things come with us into the new things? Old Lang Syne means, it's like saying um, all those old things or the, the days gone by, I think literally it means. Days gone by. Days gone by. Should old acquaintances should be forgot or, or, or ever brought to mind? We, we should leave some stuff in 2019. We got to leave some stuff in the past in order to move successfully to the starting line of the future. I've got this, uh, put, put up that image, if you will, for me, please. We've always said this, but I want, to, want you to see it again and remember this. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits become character. And your character becomes your destiny. Everything begins with a thought. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Everything begins with your thinking, your mindset, your mentality the way you're approaching things. And this is what the man of God said. And this is what I want to say. Beep, beep. Wake up. The light's green. Get your mindset off of everything going on social media or whatever it is you're doing on your phone. Whatever somebody said to you, the light is green. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Why? Because when you, we don't realize how many other people were affecting behind us when we're the ones looking down? We don't realize you're holding up a whole line of people. Somebody said, you know how you do on your, on your browser, on your computer, and you go up to history, and you can clear the history with one button. Just clear history, boop. Some of you need to clear history. Some of you just clear it. Just hit the button and clear it from your heart. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean you won't still have some pain or think about it from time to time. But what the enemy wants to do is get you so dwelling on it that you're doing what that woman was doing, just looking down at life. I'm sitting here, man of God, my husband's dead, my sons are in trouble, they're gonna be taken from me. But the Bible says this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise starting over. Zechariah 4.10 says, does anyone dare despise this day of small beginnings? We all wish we could have some do-overs. Anybody, anybody think about 2019. How many, how many can think of at least a couple things that you wish you had a do-over for 2019? Right? We all do. We all do. We all said it wrong did it wrong, started a fight we didn't need to start, carried it wrong, thought it, about it from a selfish thing. Listen, calendars are not about God's time. God is timeless. Calendars are so we can have the reset. 
calendars. Anybody play golf? You know what a mulligan is? A mulligan is you, 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 you hit the ball and it goes, or it goes five feet ahead of you. And you top the ball and it just goes, and it, it tops after five feet. And you go, I'm going to take a mulligan. That means I get a do-over. Well, they can't do it in pro golf, but I don't see many pro golfers in the room. I need a mulligan for some stuff, God. That's what grace is. Grace is the mulligan. Grace is the empowerment to start fresh and to say, you know what? I get a do-over. Starting over means multitasking. The widow woman was already floored by her loss, overcoming grief. Nothing would bring her husband back to life. But what about her kids? Somebody is depending on you to hit the gas pedal and move forward. This woman's kids. They're about to, they hadn't been prepossessed yet. They hadn't been put in slavery yet. She's so afraid that she's about to let them go into slavery because she's so, she's stuck looking down at the light. Somebody, my friend, is depending on you to look up and see that the light is green this year. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's other people in your church. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody at work is depending on you to get out of your funk, to get out of that thing you've been in, lamenting about the past. Your lack of attention is affecting the whole line of other people. I'll finish with this. It's time to take one more step on your journey. Part of our job as pastors is to help you along the road of life. And I want to say here now, church, we have a very clear agenda. We're not hiding the agenda. The agenda is all around. We have little cards. We have it on the screen. We have it over here on this side of the room, on your right, my left, where we have something called next steps. And next steps is a class, but it's not just a class. Here's our agenda. We want to help you move on, move forward. God has always wanted a spiritual journey for you. Step one, know God. It's not just the first class of uh, the available second service, by the way. For those of you who want to start, you know, you know what a great New Year's resolution would be? Next steps. But here's step one. Step one is God is not my religion. God is not my denomination. I want to know God in a personal and real way because he's God that he is available to me, that I can become, the Bible says, intimately acquainted with the Lord of the universe in a personal and dynamic way. He is my heavenly father and he wants to hang out with me. And even if you took the class last year, you still got to know God more. Paul the apostle said this, he, at the end, toward the end of his life, Philippians, he goes, you know what my goal is? That I may know him and become progressively more, more and more acquainted with him and the power of his resurrection. After, after writing two-thirds of the New Testament, Paul said, I realize I just scratched the surface. I'm just now getting to know him. The Bible says God would reveal in the Old Testament to the children of Israel. He revealed his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. I don't want to just know God's actions. I want to know his heart. I want to know his ways. 
I don't know why he is the way he is. So knowing God, we want you to go to the class. But I want you to be engaged in getting to know him more, even if you already took the class. Because this whole thing is not an agenda just to get you to go through the class. It's to see that everybody is at one of these four steps in their life again right now. You're either in step one, getting to know God or getting to know him more. Number two, step two, find your purpose. Too many people are carrying around the baggage of their past, thinking that their birth was an unfortunate accident. And I want to say this to you. No matter how your parents brought you into this world, God saw you and formed you and had something in mind when he did it for you to do and some people for you to help and some life for you to bring to the table. Find your purpose. No matter what you think, you are always on God's mind. He has a divine design for specific things and nothing else will ever satisfy. You can go through and try to do everything that you want to do, have your dream, get famous, get fortune, get everything else, but anything you do that you don't do with God will never satisfy you. The only thing that will actually make you find wholeness is when you're discovering more about God's purpose for you. Step three, grow in freedom. My gosh, all of us have issues. We all have stuff that we want to break free from, stuff that's keeping us from being the best version of ourselves. And God wants to set you free in every area of your life. But freedom is not a one-time We lay hands on you and now I I receive deliverance and now I never have a problem again. No, freedom is something that is progressive. It is ongoing. uh, There's more freedom available in this year than I had last year because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that word is, it's a progressive word. It's a, it's a, it's a progressive tense. It is a word that means I, 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 I'm, I'm not as, I'm freer than I was last year, but I'm not as free as I'm going to be next year. Because I'm finding more freedom the closer I get to God. Step four, make a difference. My friends, that's why we're all here. With the broken condition of this world, it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for us to be empowered to make a difference in the lives of others, to reach them. Every person here is somewhere in the process of the spiritual continuum. You're somewhere on this, in this place right now. This year, God is wanting to emphasize one of those things or all of those things again because we're all in the cycles of life. It's a circle of life. We're all in a circle. We're all in a cycle. If you haven't been to Next Steps yet, by the way, and you're newer to Now Church, even if it's your first Sunday, Stay for second service. Go, Pastor Chris will dismiss people right after worship, second service. You'll get to praise God again. And then you go out and start. We have some people that have been in our church for years. That last year, they're suddenly working in the church and part of Now Crew. And I'm like, hey, what happened? They said, you know, beginning of the year, we just decided we're not going to just sit on the sideline anymore. We want to get involved. So we went to Next Steps. And now we're serving. And man, I just thrilled my heart. I just thrilled my heart. I'm not beating them down for what took them so long. Beep, beep. <laughs> but somebody needs to get the, meet me. Somebody needs to know the light is green and God is waiting on you. 
The classes are four weeks. The process continues forever. Folks, when you're all in with Jesus, when you're all in, there's sacrifice. But the sacrifice becomes a joy because it leads you to something great. Don't let this year be default. Let it be design. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the green light in our hearts that you're wanting your people to get out of stuck, get out of neutral, and be able to move forward in this life. I pray for everybody here in this room, everybody in the building here in the sound of my voice, and I pray for those connecting with us on our online campus right now. And we come against that area of your life that keeps you going in circles. It keeps you stuck at the light when it's green. Lord, would you remove the distractions from our hearts this week as we move into the eight days of prayer on Wednesday night and start praying every night at seven o'clock. God, would you come and meet us? Would you help us to fast the things we need that are distracting us, the things that we've grown dependent on other than you? Would you help us to just take that eight-day period, that new beginnings, eight days, and just give it to you? and see what you can do with it. Lord, we don't want to be stuck in the same place this decade that we were last decade. We want to move forward with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I really want this year, this decade, best you've had so far. I really do. But it's not up to me. And here's the crazy thing. It's not up to God. It's up to you. He already said, I've given you a future and I've given you a hope. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.